Coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 331. Boom. It is on. All right, everybody tuning in to the Cave of Solitude. Thank you for joining us. I'm very, very happy to have my my ace, my childhood best friend back on the show. For those of you who ever listen to the cave and they hear me talk about my um, rapping endeavors, my my partner in crime is on the show today. It's Mr. Has, Dane Hall, the other half of High Society. And I highly encourage everybody to go to Bandcamp and just type in Has Bandcamp on your Google machine. And you'll find all of Has's albums and our collaborative album as well as there. Please check it out. The album's free, but you can also pay if you like, and it's good product there. Without further ado, my man, Haz, welcome back to the show, brother. Peace, peace, man. What an intro, man. You got me feeling like somebody. Yeah, bro. I mean, you know what? I don't I don't talk about that part of the things that I enjoy enough, and I want to, like, I should talk about it more because it's something I really love, and, like, one of my favorite things I've ever done is that album. Like, I love no doubt. that. No doubt that that just thinking of that process, man. Whew. We we gotta we gotta do it again. We gotta yeah. do it again. We we have one in the chamber ready to go. We're waiting for the album art. Hey Shane, if you're listening, where's the album art? <laughs> Put more pressure. Shane, on Shane, listen, <laughs> man. I know you can't see me right now, but you can hear me right now, Shane, man. <laughs> right. And oh, yeah, no, man. it's um. It's so cathartic, right, to create. Like I think it's. Have you have you happened by chance to see the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary on Netflix yet? No, I haven't. I have not. I have not seen it. Nope. It's pretty dope, actually, and it's 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 cool because it brings you back to like the the '90s, like the action movie era. But you also remember, like, yo, Arnold Schwarzenegger was an athlete. Like, bodybuilding became bodybuilding because of that guy, and then he became a, a blockbuster. You know. Award, not award-winning, but like a movie star that we all kind of associate with the action movies. But I bring him up to say, like, he always counteracted ever feeling sad by keeping busy or like making himself useful, you know? So when guys like us, if we're like idle and we're not being creative, I feel that that bogs us down. So when yeah, we that, create, yeah. it's so nice, right? No, no doubt. That definitely resonates with me. Like, I'm... I relate to that aspect of it um, in terms of creation. Um, you know, we were created to create, you know, right. and just thinking of Arnold, man, jacked up back in the day. That's that's a fact, man. I remember seeing mm-hmm. old photos of him and you sort of forget when you see him now that this dude was like Jack Diesel back in the day. You know, you kind of we, we forget quickly. We, we we are a generation that tends to forget things quickly. Does that freak you out now a little bit? Like it kind of trips me out to think that we're of the age where I don't know if it was the same for us, but today what bothers me about it is that the the access of information is so readily available where we had such limited supply of highlight reels and a, the, the ability to find the music. Like you had to have a physical copy of stuff or tune in to the sports channel at the right time to catch that story of Dr. J but we knew about it. 
right? We read it in Slam or we read it in a magazine. Whereas now it's like, yo, you guys, don't, you never heard of, you never heard of that. You don't know about Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? It feels weird. Yeah, we um, we are in the immediate gratification era right now, and you would think with everything so accessible, you know, we would be a little bit more well-read or well-versed on certain things. But, you know, I think there's so much information out there. It's just what are you tuned into? What are you paying attention to? Um, you know, I, re- I relate to that growing up watching TSN, right. you know, waiting the whole morning <laughs> for the highlights of Kobe. And it's like 30 seconds and then it runs back to like Timu Salani or, <laughs> you know, someone in baseball. And I'm like, really? Like Kobe just dropped 45 points. I had to wait the whole morning for a, a, a 15 second clip. And that's oh, it. You know, I, know, right? I remember... I remember that very well. I remember, you know, having to press play and record on my little boombox, listening to, you know, commuting accomplished. Like, yeah, I got it. I got it. Like, you know, having to catch those moments and, you know, writing down lyrics to um, Triumph. You know, I bomb atomically, Socrates, I have to write that down. <laughs> now I can just go to Google, you know what I mean? And catch that. Rap City, like, you know, when Red and Meth dropped that new video, you know, I was I was excited to see it on Rap City because you just never knew when it was going to pop up. Now I just go to YouTube. I know. You know, so that immediate gratification, it, it, it it's great because it's convenient, but it also kind of took away some of the fun element and the innocence and the surprise element. You know, the, magic, so. the magic moment that you get from it, right? It, it's missing a little bit, like a lot. I think it's missing a lot because everyone wants to, every moment can be captured and we want some type of like a affirmation. Like we need to show people this happened in order for it to have been real in a way, which is kind of weird. Whereas before it was like, I don't know. I, I feel for us, September 11th, 2001 has so many different reasons for it being memorable. No doubt. You know what I, I mean? remember that. Because, yes, sir. Yeah, because it was such a historical day, probably in the last hundred years, the most historical day that changes the world. Like There was before and after that. But also for us, <laughs> we were, we were going to go and buy an album. Like We marked our calendars for album releases back in those days because you had to go to the mall. <laughs> right? We did. We did. But we did. We did. <laughs> Oh, we asked. The, I remember we asking the principal. I'm like, do you th- do you know if Yorkdale Mall? That's the mall in, in Toronto, a very well known mall, subway access for those that might be listening in different parts of the world. But Yorkdale Mall, do you think it'll still be open, ma'am or miss? Whatever we called the principal. And she's like, I suggest you guys go straight home today. We don't know what's gonna happen. I'm like, I gotta get that Jay Z album though. <laughs> right, right, right. It there's didn't that, and out. then there's the Jay Z album. It didn't even come out that day. That was the bummer. But yeah, that was the day we bought our rhyme books. The little rhyme book, and I and I, I, remember I was yours the black book, and mine was the blue one. Yeah, you had the I, blue I, print. I had the black print. That's yes. <laughs> we're real yes. nerds. Yeah, we were. We were. We were on Jay Z heavy, man. Oh yeah, it was a good. But time yeah, though. definitely good times, and it's like I liken it to, you know, as you preface that conversation it's kind of like hearing a song 
on the radio versus playing the song from your personal playlist. It has a different feeling when it's on the radio and it's unexpected. That mm. kind of innocence, that kind of feeling is kind of missing. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to sound like the old uncle that can't let go of his prom days, but that's just that feeling, you know, of, of spontaneity. And but I think that, that, that innocence experienced yeah. is what also your mother experienced. It's a similar thing that even though the music might have been different and like generationally we, we change our views on things, that same sort of like we went outside to have that experience. We went and bought that book to hold it, right? When, you know, maybe your mom had a record, you had a CD, but it was still that same thing of going to the store with your friend. And, on, you know, it's like the first time we, we I, I listened to volume three, we're gonna do Jay-Z heavy probably, but like, I know you just ripped the packaging off your CD. If you oh, like me, you're reading yeah. the credits right now, you're like, oh, oh that man. was part of the magic of getting the album, right? Yeah. It was all, yeah. Part of it, whereas now it's just like an arrow pointing down and you've got it in 30 seconds and you don't listen as hard. You don't. You know, there's so many things drawing and, and, and grasping for your attention, man. And like it, the times have changed. Like I remember like eating, like just as you mentioned, like, you know, going to the mall together and having that experience. I remember growing up eating around the table at the dinner table yeah. with my family. Yeah. You know, and then it just slowly went to, OK, let me take my food and take it to go. And then I would go downstairs in my room and eat my food. We would have family events for Thanksgiving, Christmas. And then you slowly started noticing it kind of stopped and it, it wasn't the same, you know. So it, it, it definitely feels like there's been a change. It's I think the there's just that slave to the screen, right? With once everyone had a TV in a bedroom people started to separate a little bit more because you could watch, you didn't have to watch TV together and all agree on watching the same movie. So it was like an experience. Yeah. You could you could watch sports, you could watch your soap opera, you could do this or play your video game. And then now we all got it in our pocket, you know? So it's like, we're so connected that we're disconnected. Kind of weird. That actually makes sense. No, that makes sense. It, it's, <clears throat> and again, it just goes back to that um, immediate gratification, right? Like it, 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 it cancels out so many things without you even noticing. But when you really pay attention to it, it that's exactly what it is, you know? Like if you take any given day, you go somewhere, you go to a park, a subway station, um, you know, a, a sporting event, you, you'll see phones everywhere, you know? That famous shot with Michael Jordan in Utah when he hit mm. it over Russell, you know? They showed a photo, a still shot of that photo and LeBron's game-winning shot that he had hit and the difference between, I forgot what year that was with, with MJ, but the difference is the cameras. 98 or something, yeah. The cameras, when you see the side-by-side -side still shots. In Jordan's era, you know, there weren't, like, cameras and videos and as prevalent. And, and with Le, in, in our era now with LeBron, that's exactly what, what's happening. And, you know, people, had, people had, had a chance to enjoy that moment in 98. You know, and just tune in and watch the game. And now it's like everybody's on a gadget. I got to catch this. Oh, I got to press record here. This has, ha this has to go viral. You know, and it, it, it's, and I'm, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm no different, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a product of, of today as well. But it, it, it definitely has changed us as a society. It is, you know, we'll, we'll record 
will record an injustice and not help. You know, like it, it it's a weird spot to be in, you know. You know what would be an interesting experiment, I feel? If we had the same thing that happened to us during COVID and lockdown, if we did something like that for two weeks with our phones, not to say you don't have a cell phone, you got a flip phone. You can have your tablet at home and use it for all your social media and your devices, but how would it change your daily routine of, like for me, whenever I'm waiting for something, I pull up my phone to check something or check a message or send a message or go on my Instagram just for like, a hit of dopamine and I don't realize how often <laughs> I do that right it's just to overcome the weight the boredom you need some stimulation but what if you're fl- you just had a flip phone and you text who you really wanted to text and you called who you needed to call and then you got home and you use your tablet like what would happen to our brains how would we reprogram like what would would we get more conversation would people start dating each other differently in that little bit of time you know, that's a good question. And I think with time, it, it, it would change how we, you know, socialize with one another. Because if you look at when we were going through the quarantine, it kind of did change how we socialize, you know, like it went from, okay, I'm wearing a mask. Like I wasn't even wearing the correct mask at first. I was just like, this is a joke. And then I saw that it was serious and then it became the norm. And then yeah. after a while, it became abnormal to see somebody walking in a store without the mask because for the two years, we were so conditioned to the idea of having to mask up. So, you know, seeing somebody without a mask was like a faux pas. <gasps> how dare you? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, how yeah, dare yeah. you walk in this establishment without you rebel? You rebel walking in here without a mask. And, and, and you know, I even found myself thinking not along those lines per se, but you know, it, I, I realized that it changed, you know, the whole feel like going out without the mask for that first time. It's like, damn, wow. You know, I, I the first thing I thought was I never had to use a mint for a long time. Now I need my mints again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Only you had to deal with, your, with the brand, Only right? you had to deal with your brand. <laughs> Woo, kid. Yeah, you got right, that mint. mask breath. <laughs> no, it's true, right? Like, and it changed also it slowed us down a little bit. So you, you, you couldn't be places like you couldn't be as busy or, or like I can't have plans because we can't get together. So I'm just going to learn how to be with my family and and do simple things again and just meet up with like core groups of people, which was a very nice adjustment because it like kind of, I sometimes the scarcity of options makes you make better decisions. And also doesn't make you question every decision you're making. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you go to Cheesecake Factory, unless you know exactly what you want, you're looking at that menu and like, man, what should I have? Because there's so it looks like there's so many things to choose that you become indecisive. And no doubt. And that's where the, the saying less is more yeah. comes in, you yeah. know, and, you know, during that phase, it really for me at least it, it it let me know what was really important and mm. it let me know how important time was so for that person that let's say wanted to get braces but didn't want to walk around with with braces on in, in their, in yeah, their yeah. mouth that was a time where you can okay get your braces because you're gonna have a mask anyway for that person that wanted to lose that extra 15 pounds you have all the time in the world for that person that wanted to 
you know, stick to that diet and not have to, you know, like you, you had opportunities, business plans that you wanted to yeah. do, but you got caught up in the everyday hustle and bustle. Now you have that time to really focus on what you really want to do, you know, and you're faced with that as your reality day in and day out, waking up and knowing that you had to stay home. It, it forced you to really, you know, hone in on what was really important, you know, playing like little card games. Mm. Now that I think about it, as I say this, like I, I haven't played any card games since then. You know what I mean? So it 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 was very humbling, but it was it was healthy in a weird way. If that it makes was. sense. It does. It, it does make sense. It's just unfortunately the way that we were made to have fear and, and angst towards each other was the unfortunate part. But the good side of it, just like I feel like social media has its good and bad sides. Um you got to take from it the silver lining if you can. And I and I try to maintain that simplicity of, you know what, there's still a lot to do in your neighborhood that is is quite fun and leisure, uh, leisurely. And you don't got to always be like here, there and everywhere. Like that FOMO doesn't need to be real. You don't got to be everywhere. Sometimes making your home your oasis is a really important thing to establish in your life because that's where you're going to spend most of your time or you you. You would hope you to want to. to. Yeah. yeah, right? You hope to want to. So, um, no doubt. It's funny, man. Like, there's certain things, like your face, your voice, and hearing Barnes on my, uh, you know, for those listening, Barnes is, is our pal from way back <laughs> in the day, grade six, grade seven. But it's the voice of the good old days. Barnes. You know, it makes you feel nice to, to see that still. Because it's like, when you're living it, it's like the Sandlot, right? You remember, you remember the Sandlot at the end? when or whenever they tell like a stand by me story i remember yeah things fade and they'll be like this guy went into the army yeah yeah like they always tell you what happened and then there's like two people remaining but you you never realize that there was always going to be that day that it's the last time that everyone would be together like that you know well said man sometimes sometimes you got to be like I'm trying to now reestablish that thing of let's continue to make the good old days. You don't got to be nostalgic, but you can be now and be like, when you're, we're 60, we can look back at our 40s. Like, you remember when we were 40s and we used to try to podcast, we used to send messages on WhatsApp. Like, those are the good old days. Like, sometimes you need to appreciate it while it's happening because you don't know when it's gone. And man, those bus rides, those bus rides to work, those are the good old days. Man, and who knew? Right. Like, who knew at, at at that moment? Like you know, when we were actually in that moment, who yeah. knew that that moment would have been the moment that we were looking back on right now? Like it, it it's crazy now because we're at that age where it's like we're seeing careers begin and end. Like mm-hmm. I've watched LeBron James come into the league. I watched AI come into the league, and now AI is retired. LeBron is about to retire in a few years. Well, leave it up to him. He'll probably be around for another 10. But, yeah. you know, just to say, like, we've we've seen so many changes, bro. Like, technology, um, wrestling from WWF to WWE. Like, just so many Always things Always WWF in my heart. Always WWF. It, it, uh, yeah, that logo right now. When I think of wrestling, <laughs> I'm still thinking of that old school WWF. Hey, man, sidebar. 
Have you ever had those WWF sand, uh, the, the, the ice cream bars? I always I, wanted one as a kid. I never got to taste it. Never got one, man. I, I always remember – remember that wrestler, Bastion Booger? He was fat and ugly. Yes, and he had like yes. this, this ugly – not even a leotard. It was like a dominatrix <laughs> suit. And he would eat the kid's ice cream bar. Oh, I'm like, yo, man. that kid probably paid good money for that ice cream bar. I always wanted those too. It's no, crazy. They have. probably couldn't do that. They probably couldn't do stuff like that now, man. No, they do. Just, like, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, at wrestling events, they still do stuff like that? Yeah, the, the current champion of uh, AEW, which is like the top competition to WWE now, like the new WCW, I guess you could say, their champion goes into the crowd and pours drinks on like people there. Oh, that's crazy. I thought, oh, with cancel culture, I thought that would have been a... That would have think, been a definite no-no. I think when you're at a wrestling event, it's like part of a show, right? Like, you okay. got to be in on Fair. this. Great. I've been, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos I have on Instagram where I've gone to, like, some local shows live. I sit I in the have. front row. Man, they, they jump right on you. They'll let you know, like, you, you're either going to move or you're going to get squashed. It's, it's wild. It's a ton of fun, man. I've actually been to one. Rest in peace, Iron Sheik. I went to one where Iron Sheik was actually there. Yeah. And um, it was quite the experience. But this is random. But I, I could never get into WCW as much. And it was because of the lighting. It was, it was always dark. I don't That's know. That's fair. It, it, <laughs> no, no. I, I just it, thought I would throw the, that in there. No, it makes the big difference. Because that was what separated Vince McMahon from all the other wrestling uh, territories. Was that he made his television production the best. So people would want to watch it. Like it looked better. Regardless of the rest yeah. better, it looked better. So it you did. you felt like this was more official, and it separated him from the competition. Yeah, he got gotta get, he got to get rid of that mustache though. I saw that a recent mustache. picture of him. Oh man, that mustache is rough. What's he thinking? Like I, I don't think he's thinking. It's a little too Hitler esque. Cause yeah, it was it was rough. You know, like and since when your whole career you you've been clean shaven, and now you've decided to do a pinstripe mustache. It it, it reminds me of that episode of Inspector Gadget where he had the evil version of <laughs> Inspector Gadget with the little mus- Oh man, uh, uh, Presto or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember, but yeah, it was rough. I'm like Vince, come on, bro. What are you doing? I know some people don't know when to give it up, right? But how can you blame them? They're just gonna they're gonna do it to death. Um, what is he up to these days? Well, I think they he from what I understood is that the WWE has sold the majority of their shares to the same company that runs ufc so they know how to like do live events and promote things in big auditoriums and whatnot so i think it's the best way for him to kind of like leave the empire in good hands because he's he's got to be close to 80 or in his mid 70s at least right so yeah man the math the math adds up man it's crazy to see crazy right childhood voices and characters yeah gone like I look at some pictures sometimes, and it's like every person in this match. Picture's dead. Yeah. Like the Hart Wrestlers Foundation. don't live long. No. I'm so happy Bret Hart's still alive. So oh, happy. He's the, he's the only one, though. Owen's gone. Mm-hmm. Owen's gone. British, British Bulldog's gone. Brian Pillman. Yeah. It's just yeah, him, man. Pillman, his dad's too. Oh, his, <laughs> his dad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. Sorry about that, but you know that would have been like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I saw the documentary when he was walking, and I saw the hunch, and I'm like, yeah, this he doesn't have much. This is go. rough. Yeah, this is yeah. rough to watch. Yeah, man. but wrestlers don't live long, man. 
Did you see on Netflix they're going to do the American Gladiators documentary? No, I didn't peep that. Yeah. Like the actual show? The show. They're going to do a documentary about, like, the original characters, what they were really like behind the scenes, like, the whole premise of it. I'm like. I love it. I love it. That, yo, if they put that on Netflix, like, the American Gladiators series, I'd probably watch them again because those were a ton of fun. And, yes. What what were were some of the characters again? Bring me back. Ice. Ice. I don't know. There's Glacier and Laser and, you know, they were named, like, X-Men, Storm and. Man, Gemini. You brought me, brought me back a whole few decades now, man. That was that was Saturday morning, right? Twelve o'clock. Oh. Come in for wrestling, lunchtime, and then American Gladiators with a nice grilled cheese or macaroni and cheese bowl. Dun, 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 what? Oh, you brought it back. Yeah, those are good things, man. Oh, jeez. See, you put on your favorite album, clean the house. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. What? I don't know if they make them anymore. I'm sure people are trying. But what do you think makes a classic album? Because I can't think of, I mean, Kendrick, I feel, had had some classics. But it's not like it once was, where we we had like a, we were spoiled just for hip hop. Never mind all the other music that was coming out during that time. But man, it just feels like everything looking back was classic not that it was perfect but it just like dmx it's dark and hell is hot classic yeah um yeah perfect album no no but but if you press play and you're brought back dog that's my man's in them you're ready you're ready yep (laughs) that's a good question man and and oh man you know, I think my response might be a little unexpected, but I'm going to go with what, how I feel right now, what's on my heart. Um, I feel like a part of what made classics classics back then was society as a whole. There was a certain alignment, you know, mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. where um, there was a consensus of agreement that something was either dope or wasn't dope and i think that's what made it a little easier to categorize something as a classic because Mm -hmm. we were all within the same umbrella under the same vein somewhat and understood more or less even uh, affected by that same like 50 cent get rich or die trying exactly right so there's like a zeitgeist type of moment where you're embedded in that culture and even if you don't mess with it like that you still knew that it, it, it this was the thing to listen to like i wasn't the biggest jeezy head but i knew when he had dropped his album that you know there was a reason why people gravitated towards it gucci yeah. man i wasn't i was never big on him but i understood you know what i'm saying and even with 50 cent who i listened to i i understood you know, even though I was more of a conscious type of artist or preferred conscious artist, I still understood why people drew to 50. And, 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 and a lot of it had, a lot of it was based on, you know, outside of the music. It, it, it was just a whole societal aspect of it. Um, yeah. And if, 
if I'm looking at the music aspect of it now, um, I feel like people were more competitive with one another and they were trying to be very original and not sound like their competition. And it just it, it just created a big stew of creatives trying to output the best work. And, and I felt like, you know, that's what created the atmosphere, even like Nori, you know, <laughs> with the Noriega album. That's a classic album, you know, um, and you, you saw more videos, you know, they had three video rollouts on average, three videos for an album that has to have an impression on how you feel about the music. You know, I know you wanted to say something. Let me. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think you're right. Like it wasn't just how good the album was. Like, I think that would happen over time because I don't feel black on both sides was a classic for us at our age group when it came out, maybe in New York City and, you know, in certain parts of Brooklyn where that that music was very much part of like their experience but it was a cultural like there was within hip-hop there was like the, the backpackers then you had the guys that were you know the hustler type or like there was levels and degrees of what niche of hip-hop you were into but it didn't penetrate where everybody was listening to black on both sides but it was an incredible album that over time becomes better oh and better. one of my favorites yeah, like I have it hanging on my, you know, my my wall. No, it's not. No, that was I had Black Star. But like, there was also that right where you either had an album that was really good when it came out, and it becomes more of a guilty pleasure, even though you like you know it's the this is still not the best stuff, but it's a guilty pleasure and it's just fun. And then you got the yeah. stuff that was hidden gem that becomes like, man, look how brilliant this is. You know. Yeah. Yeah, black on both sides. I think is like that. It's it's up there with the best of the best. But how many people did did you, other than me and you? Who was listening to that? Well, we listened to a lot of things that other people weren't listening to, though, man. Like we, I, I, I can put my money on it, and I don't have a lot, but I'm willing to put it up. You know that you and I were probably the only two dudes in school that had Jermaine Dupree, Life in Fourteen Seventy Two, or was it? <laughs> 1742. I can't remember. 1472. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1472. And we listened to that shit. Like, we actually listened to that. Because you want to know it was good. It was. Okay. Listening to it today, if you were to listen to it today, would you still feel the same? Like, would you still feel like it's a quality album? I would still feel it's a quality album because I, I, I can't compare it to, like, I have to go back to what it was at that time when it, what, what it did. And what was featured on it, like the production is solid. You got early Kanye West production. You got Nas followed by Jay, followed by X on an album. Was it similar to a lot of things that were happening at the time? Yeah. Is Jermaine Dupree the best MC? No, but he's a good songwriter. He was like Puff Daddy of the South. I don't, I, I yeah. don't know if it's if it's his like stature physically that makes people clown him, but he's got way too many credentials for you to dismiss how like he knows what he's doing never mind the bow wow and the crisscross like but even still he hits like jermaine dupree always hits yeah he does man he makes right? hits he mariah makes carey the brat a lot of the remixes he worked on like and then sometimes you're surprised at his his taste like he was a tastemaker and he knew uh, what in the same vein as diddy 
Exactly, exactly. So I'm I'm I got a um okay, here's a question for you. What's a guilty pleasure album that you swear by? For me it's no way out. Like I know Why would you say that's a guilty pleasure though? Because it's because when I used to bump that back in high school, people clowned me for liking a Puff Daddy album because he, you know, he's not he wasn't a good rapper and and you didn't I didn't really understand all the levels of emceeing yet to realize Puff Daddy was getting just ghost written verses. I just liked his songs, but as an album, as a comp, almost like a compilation, I feel that's a classic East Coast album, and I probably am in in the minority of people willing to put like their hat down to say that, but like victory been around the world with mace can't nobody hold me down i'll be missing you young g's the song with twista that's six tracks right there how can anybody deny any of those six tracks and i didn't even mention i didn't even mention it's all about the (laughs) benjamins yeah i mean you know like it's just there's a couple of slow moments but they're also very personal because of what was happening so i feel like it's such a touchstone of the 90s hip-hop story then you got the track right. with the the locks. I got the power. Uh, I love you, baby, with Black Rock. Like it's a good album, man. Come on, bro. Like they, this is the thing, man. And okay, so first I'll answer my guilty pre- uh, my guilty pleasure album <laughs> is the Hot Boys Guerrilla Warfare. Yeah, that's for you me. That up. You bring that up. <laughs> yeah, I gotta yeah, listen to that now. That that is my guilty pleasure album. It just it it came <laughs> out at the time. <laughs> Where it, you know, it just you know, it, it came out when it came out. Eh, you know, I was influenced. I was you know, impressionable. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. But I I listened to it actually a few months back, and I, it still holds up. It hey, still man. holds up, man. Sometimes I like that ignorant stuff. You know, I just I just want to yeah. play, press play and just go back in the day and and enjoy. You know, and and that album for me, Guerrilla Warfare, that that's yeah, that's my Late, guilty pleasure album. You know, lately I've been playing Fifty Cent, Get Rich or Die Trying, like once a month, at least up to uh, Back Down, because after Back Down, there's like I'm not a big PIMP fan, but like you know, but that first ten tracks, it just goes Dude, hard. Wankster is so whack to me. I'm so sorry. Like I I, I just I never understood was. it. I, it always was to me. I never understood why people would hype that track up. Did you Don't understand? Get me wrong, the album's dope. The album's dope. That's a bonus track. But <sighs> did you? For me, I was late to the Fifty Cent. Like I wasn't one of those people who would be like, "Yo, I was listening to the mixtapes and I knew I would." Just, I never. I liked How to Rob. I really, really, really would love, and I would probably go out and buy it or download it. However, I'd have to get it. Power of the dollar. Mm, yeah, um, that that is the fifty that a lot of people actually were in tune, like tuned into before yeah. he blew up with Dre. And like, that a album, lot of people. Yeah, did you ever hear it? Did you ever listen to it? I actually have it on cassette. Nice. I made a. But I, I made didn't a, listen to it. <laughs> I made a. I didn't a really CD. listen to it. No, I made a CD, like a play. I compiled all the songs, downloaded them back on like the LimeWire, whatever, Napster days, and put it all together the way it was supposed to be. It was really good album. Like, really good album. Yeah, no, 50, 50 definitely knows how to make music. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. 
for me, 50 is probably a top five when it comes to music IQ. Yeah, yeah. Like, he really knows how to write a song. You know, Buster Rhymes, Kendrick up there as well. But 50 knows how to really construct the song. Yeah, Drake is dope too. You know, the homegrown talent. You know, but like songs like Window Shopper, the way he finessed it. Summertime, white Porsche, wherever is milky. You know, like he he really understands the music. And I and, and I salute 50 for that because he he has a vision, you know, yeah. but he knows yes. what's going to work. And he doesn't he doesn't mind simplifying it in order for it to work. And you really I really started to appreciate his songwriting genius as G-Unit all expanded and like the games album the first game album was just song after song was great but you really hear the 50 cent influence in its production yes like yes, you do game is an incredible mc i think sometimes overlooked and underrated for his consistent output but that first album you can listen to any other game album the documentary you can hear 50 cent all over it all over it yeah his I imprint is all you. over. Higher, like everything. It's all yeah. there. It's undeniable. Undeniable. Yeah. And, it's undeniable. And, and you could see it with Lloyd Banks. Like you could you you hear the moments. Even remember, remember um the side listened to it the other day and it brought me back, yo. Like back to our days of recording when we were writing stuff for songs and the mixtape or whatnot. Do you remember Obi Trice? Yeah, I remember Obi Trice, of course. Okay, okay, you remember the I don't remember what the name of the song was, but I don't have to. Lloyd Banks. I don't care. Yeah, Lloyd Banks on the chorus, but that's fifty. Yes. Oh yeah, that's no a, doubt. That's fifty wrote that. No right? doubt. You can and hear it. You can hear Lloyd Banks almost sounds like <laughs> fifty. Like the way he you could just see all the inflections and you're just like, man, this guy makes hits. He he knows what to do, what to say. Even I'm gonna go venture to say, you know, the part where Eminem is like, "Hawk two, dude up with him and fuck you up with him." Fifty Cent repeats that in his verse, and I feel like Fifty wrote that. Ooh, and I, I think never thought of that. Just because of the like, Fifty didn't. Sometimes he he wrote such like dumb raps that you're just like really guys this gets you excited because we were so technical at the, that point we were like counting syllables and shit right <laughs> <laughs> like we were paying we attention were. yeah we b- because we saw just like man some of the, like the best of the best can do some we were starting to realize how good Andre three thousand was right we were getting there in our in our understanding of writing because we realized okay this is harder this is not hard when it comes to you it comes to you but to to really get it right and when you do get it right you're like yo that's not easy yeah remember you used to tell me stuff like yo do you know how hard it is that he rhymed with that same sound the whole way through you used to break stuff down on the technical level for me i'm like i don't know i don't know how hard you're like trust me that's not easy like okay i'm gonna listen to that different you know but but 50 50 just like Many men, where's that? I'll sing it every time, like every time. You know, um, you, you know, Jay Z said, I know, I know, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah we're Jay Z stand. Uh, we're we're, we're Jay Z stand. Whatever. I don't man. got the bright I watch. I got the right, right watch. watch. Right. 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 
So with 50, he didn't have to, he didn't have to wow you with extreme heavy content and lyricism. He had the right watch. He had the right lyrics. Yeah, he yeah. did what was needed yes. for the song. You know what yes. I mean? And you take somebody like Rakim. It's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a, you know what I mean? Simple. But that was the right, that was the right lyrics for that song. Yeah. And that's why I say 50 has like one of the highest IQs musically because he always has the right watch. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Like he, 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 he knows exactly how to finesse. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, like after Get Rich, I wasn't like his other albums. I didn't really check for them that way because I kind of got his shtick after. I'm like, OK, I know what you do. I get, yeah. I got Candy it. Shop was rough. Candy Shop was rough. Right. And I felt like it was just a it was almost like trying to recreate Magic Stick. And Magic Stick was so dope. Yeah, little Kim. And it's like, yeah, Candy Shop has almost a similar melody. I can see now kind of like how you do this. And it's not quite as exciting anymore. Whereas Kanye became very exciting. That's the gift and the curse with 50, though, right? Because he's yeah. very formulaic. He has a very, he has like a very ja distinct formula. Yes. And I feel like Ja Rule, man, they, they, man, people need to, 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 to give that dude a break, man. Like, seriously, because Ja Rule has hits. Ja Rule has hits. I feel like people just kind of shitted on him when 50 came in the picture. But shout out to 50. He he put the casket. <laughs> he he closed that casket on Ja Rule. You know what? You know what the thing with 50 really taught me more than the hype and everything was there, but that whole occurrence with Murder Inc. and Shady, whatever, G Unit. It just go with Dr. Dre. You won't lose with Dr. Dre. Cannot lose. Can't lose. Yeah. NWA was what it was. DOC was what it was. And when he left, that's when it was not anything. He went to death row and made that. And gave all those guys credentials. Then he left again, started all from scratch. He gave you Eminem. Like, and then 50 became 50 with, of course, the, the push and the, the, you know. But where Dr. Dre goes, like... He's going to be right. Uh, Snoop Kendrick, Dog. the game. You know, Snoop. Yeah, Snoop. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, it. yeah, Dr. Dre is, to me, you know, the most instrumental producer for an artist's career. Even Tupac. Not that they did a lot of work together, but California Love is... Huge. In, Isn't that his biggest hit? It's an inter yeah, it's an international hip hop anthem, like one of the biggest songs ever. But in fairness too, like the knock on Dr. Dre too is that he's he's had a few blunders too, like the firm album. He had one of his own albums. Um that what did he release? It was a release and it wasn't quite it was aftermath. It was just called it was just like a big bomb. It was like a compilation album. Yes. Yeah, it was just him trying to introduce new artists, basically. You know, he had Truth Hurts, he had Nocturnal, you know, so he's had a few misses as well. Do you but, ever um, do you ever uh -huh. feel like how strange it is that he produces four songs off of Kingdom Come and many people consider that to be one of Jay's worst albums? It's got seven Just Blaze tracks, four Dr. Dre beats. One by Kanye. It's such a weird... 
statistics. Like it's such a weird credit to show. And when you think of each song that they do produce, they're, they're not bad songs. It's just like, what's wrong with this album? Hold 30's on. the new 20 you is just dope. blew my mind. You just blew my mind. Hold on. Yeah. Dr. Dre has four production credits on, on Kingdom Come. Got Lost I One. Can't, I cannot be a real Jay fan if I don't know. Lost One. Okay, I can hear that. Good song. Great song. Yep. I can, I can hear that. The, I can hear the, the new Dre 20. Production. You just quoted it. I don't got Definitely. Great song. Uh, Definitely hear the Dre production. Trouble again. Bum, 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 bum. That song's Dre. Yeah, goes, yeah. You know, the, the last verse is incredible on that one. And then he's got Minority sure, Report. Yeah. Minority That's Report dope. was dope. There That's you go. Dope fact. And then you got the... Uh, the uh, show me the, what you got, little mama. Show me what you That's got. Just Blaze. Just Blaze. Kingdom Come is Just Blaze. Oh, my God. Hove. That's Just Blaze. Yes, it is. Songs in a row, and then actually, yeah, I like Just Blaze's production more. I'm saying on that, it's on not, that album. On that album, right? So so far, Just Blaze is outdoing Dr. Dre, but the Dr. Dre songs don't suck. The the intro to that album is dope. Oh yeah, that's dope. Right, so that good. Dope. And then you get to, uh, sorry, I, I overstated how many Just Blaze songs there are on it. So My bad. So so far, there's three in a row and then you get lost ones and then you get uh do you want to ride which i like that song that's a kind of like that a little after i didn't like it in the beginning yeah and then it started growing on me as i get older i like it even more because it's got like i'm at that age now that jay was when he wrote that album ah perspective right and so I, knowing I, that emory is free now right Right, it, it has a different feel to it now, and that's what's so dope about Jay because, man, we know Tata. Yeah, like we, that's, we. I feel like I know him now. I feel like I know Emery. I feel like I know OG One. I feel like it, it, it. He's the only artist that you can really see the family tree. Him and Nas. Crazy, right? And Yo, that's what. <laughs> we'll get into that. Or whatever but, but but that's that's the thing right is that the continuity of the albums we used to have made us like yo did you listen to go back to this song now listen to this song you're like oh like it makes you appreciate even just dr dre saying you know till the next episode dun, 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 and then the next big ah. song they make years later is called the next episode you're like oh crazy right it feels nice like when you catch those little I don't know. There was an investment. Okay, let me get to Back to Kingdom Come. So you got to show me what you got. Last one, Dr. Dre. Do you want to ride? Kanye. 30-something, Dr. Dre. Mama, I made it. Uh, it's nice. It's nice. Lowest point so far for me, but it's a nice song. Can't be mad at a guy shouting out his mama. Then the album takes a really bad turn with the Neptunes and, and <laughs> Usher. Neptunes. Horrible. Ah, I can't do that song. On then, paper, this album's supposed to be a classic. Yeah. And then the next Beyonce song, uh, Hollywood, garbage. Yeah. That's rough. Dig a hole. Mm -mm. Mm. Eh, eh, that's Swiss forgettable. But forgettable. Yeah, forgettable. And then the last song, which some people say is too soft, but I've always liked is Beach Chair. 
I love that's this. a mature that's a mature Jay. I think too. I think I think like with with Dre's production on that. I think that's kind of well. Neptune's un, clearly underwhelmed, but I think with Dre's production too, it could have been a little bit more. Cause Thirty's the new Twenty. Like that's a dope song, but I think for Dr. Dre, you know, you're probably expecting something a little bit more hard hitting. Isn't that isn't that interesting though? It's like the expectation is so huge. Like everything he does, it's either got to be the greatest thing you like. It's got to blow your mind. I mean, Dre put out Chronic 2001. Oh, that whole album is <sighs> like okay. I need I say more. You know, I've been waiting to ask somebody about this, and you're pro- you're the only guy that I truly feel would appreciate it. I would Should love, I would love to have heard more of Hitman. Oh man, <laughs> I knew you would appreciate that. Oh man, He's the star Toten, of that album, Toten Austrian firearms that's made out of plastic and this drastic surrounding. It sounded like Lebanon. It could it's retrieved like oh, good grief. He Listen, man, Hitman for me. For like for me personally, Hitman for me on the West Coast was he was like my sauce money. He was like he was that dude that just crazy with the lyrics, but like never got the full respect he deserved. Like I I like I love songs, but Hitman I feel is that forgotten like golden child because he had he, he wasn't just nice with the lyrics, he had like personality. He changed. Yes, he did. And you think of the songs he was on, Explosive, West Coast, like, that was him. I I don't get it, bro. I, I really, like, that's one of those hip-hop questions that really made me scratch my chin sometimes. And I'm like, what? What was the disconnect? What what happened? How come he didn't? And that's another thing. I mentioned True Thirds. I mentioned Nocturnal. I think Dr. Dre was supposed to do something with Eve, uh, Rock Him. And it he just did didn't stuff like with Eve. He did. He did make her, like her biggest hits. Blow right? your mind, I guess. Yeah, he did produce stuff with her. He did produce stuff with with Busta Rhyme. Remember when he rocked with Busta? Those are some dope tracks too. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, on the Big Bang album as well. I think he had a few tracks. Yeah, I believe. A, I believe he had a couple of nice tracks on there. Yeah, Dr. Dre went through like eras of he had sounds and like, you know the the bitch please instrumental. He kind of used that somewhat melody in a couple. So he had Bitch Please, Bitch Please 2. And then on Doc, on the Busta Rhymes album, there was a beat that went. If you hear it, you'll be like, yeah, this was during Dr. Dre's Snoop Dogg sessions where he produced this. Do you remember it? Yeah, and I remember he actually had a, a, a track with Jay-Z that uh, there was a commercial or something for it. And I didn't. I don't know what happened with it. Like, I I totally don't. I, I can't even remember the name of the track, but. Dr. Dre? And Jay. Yeah. 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 I, I will Google this up. and find out later on, and I'll let you know. I, it, it, I don't know what happened with it. I just don't know what happened with it, but. Oh, man. Hitman. Hitman, right? Hitman. Yes. Like, you got me thinking heavy on Hitman right now. I don't know what happened with him. Do you know what happened with Hitman? 
No, that's the thing is that he's all over the Chronic Tooth. He's the he's the star of that album, no doubt about it. I don't know who would have been that on the first Chronic. I guess Snoop Dogg would have been in that role where he was just on the majority of songs. But if you look at the credits, Hitman Hitman was all over it. He was on Lightspeed. He was on uh, some L.A. dudes. (laughs) He was on Housewife, (laughs) Backright, Bang Bang, uh, Murder, Inc. Let's Get High. Yeah, like, and and the one that I remember you rhymed on the instrumental and you also, like, kind of used it on Big Eagles. Yeah, like. Hey, I kind of miss that though. I miss when um you remember um Tribe with Consequence on Yeah, yeah. What what album Beats, I Beats Rhymes and right Life? Now? Beats Rhymes and Life. Yeah. I miss when you know big artists can share the spotlight with a protege and kind of have them have their moment. Like I don't see that anymore. I know. Like it's just it's just missing that element, man. Man, yeah, we sound like the old uncles, man. No matter how hard we try, we sound like the old uncles, bro. But you know what? You you have to allow yourself to be that, though. At the end of the day, that's that's where you are in life. You can't you can't avoid having lived this many years to not look back, right? Game still Dude. making albums. Fifty yeah, still fifty. Everyone's still wanting to see fifty in in concerts. Like we need to have a generation of our culture. That treats their stars like Springsteen. We need to have like Elton Johns and and the like, where they they're gonna tour until we, you know, they want to quit, and people just more and more want to see them. They these artists deserve that. Yeah. You know, and for some reason we've got like this shelf life with hip hop artists, like they're old. What? Like, why is that? I guess because it was an art form based around a sense of competition where it's the only art form where people argue who's better. Hmm. I think it's the hip hop culture though. I think even if you look at, if you think about hip hop, what is the closest sport you link to hip hop? Boxing, right? It's competitive. It's, it's got that pugilist sort of like, I got to outdo that guy. Right. And then boxing, there's always comparison. Right. Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, this. Yeah. And then what would you say is the second closest sport to, to, to hip-hop culture? Oh, basketball. Basketball. I was going to say professional wrestling. But <laughs> <laughs> we got to bring it back to wrestling somehow. Yeah, right? yeah. But like no, even but with basketball. basketball, it's competition-based, right? You're always comparing One-on-one Kobe, LeBron, battle. LeBron, yeah. Jordan. You know what I mean? And I think that's the thing with hip-hop. is It's, it's, it's very competitive. And I think that People have this idea that as you get older in age, you lose your competitive edge. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they age you out, you know, and it's, it, where hip hop is always hip, you know, as Andre 3000 pointed out, like you're always hip to something. So I feel like it, it kind of ages hip hop unfairly and, you know, it ages artists out, but it, it, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that, you know, ageism should affect an artist in hip hop. It's it, it just, it's unfair, you know, as yeah, you said, to see like other genres. Yeah. We gotta grow out of that and we gotta start like recognize, you know, does LL Cool J really have to prove anything? He's, it's like, LL, man. 
that's what I'm trying to say. Like, at the end of the day, he's he shouldn't have to – his MC status shouldn't be judged off of the last – like, dude, what did you write yet yeah, last night? Did you write another? It's like, dude, I, I did Mama Said Knock You Out, the album. I did Mr. Smith. Like, I got my credentials, right? Yeah, and they were talking actually – I don't know if you heard this, but they were talking about Busta and, and uh, LL doing a versus. I want to know who you think – would win that. I don't think that's a fair versus. Why? Because you're, you're, what makes both of those artists unique, definitely the look and the persona, but one is clearly bombastic and very much of like the caricature of hip hop culture, not in a comedic way, but like, but, Busta gets away with, we want him to be big. We want him to be colorful and like, you know, whereas LL is that smooth operator who, who, who like, he's the lover boy that will actually fight somebody and knock you out. Like you believe both sides. Like, yeah, he's, he's the ladies man, but he won't back down from a fight either. He's like, a, almost like the Drake is, you know? Yeah, so I, I just do. Feel, so I feel like Busta and Missy. That's where I feel mm. like you, now you're going to be in an arena where, give me some more. No, 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 no. And then yeah, like, you evenly know? yoked. Yeah, where I feel like, hello, Cool J. I don't know. What do you think of that comparison? It'd be beautiful um, to watch, but Busta, Busta, Busta. Busta's going to beat anybody. The stage performance of Busta is just, come on. Yeah, he, Busta's music is made for the stage. Um, LL definitely has enough hits. The only, my only hang up with that would be compared to Busta, you know, a song like Going Back to Cali or, um, you know, I'm bad. It just doesn't hit the same, like, no. because some of the lyrics sound very dated. Yeah. So, like, when I hit you with that and then you go with the freeze. And it's like it's like okay guys that's not actual ll's lyrics i'm just kind of mimicking but yeah no it just <laughs> it just doesn't hit the same you know what i mean so i still think bust and ll that'd be good um because ll has enough hits where he can hold his weight you know um and if you think about like four three um four three two one and um i shot you like those are big hits but i just don't think for like 20 songs, I don't think it, it, it'll it'll stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Busta. He has the hits, but they just don't translate the same on stage, if that makes sense. Yeah, the transitioning from song to song too, like there's yeah, a lot of around sexiness. Around the way girl is not gonna is not gonna is not gonna go far. Like, yeah, yeah, it's not gonna yeah. match that energy that Busta brings. There was a I time agree. there Missy was a would time, be the best. Yeah. I think back in the 90s, I think there was a time where I would have thought Busta and Redman were in the same arena. I agree. Rah, rah, shit. You know, like. Yep. They Especially both when they made The Goodness on mm. Redman's album. I thought they were like evenly yoked yeah. around that time. I like their collaborations. They, there weren't enough, but you, I felt like there should have been more. They were. Yeah. Man, there was a time Busta was on everybody's album, eh? Again, the old, the old uncle syndrome, man, I, I miss it. Like, I really, I really miss it. I really miss it, man. 
Yeah, he was all over the place, man. But see, is it does it make you old because you missed what was fun? Like, I don't think anybody would have a what you liked. I don't think it's like, oh, that's because you're old. It's because it's like, no, it, even when it happens now, people get excited for Drake and Twenty One Savage. They get excited for collaborations, and we used to get excited for that too. It's just that we went to the store and we had to pick. Like, the fact that you had to be more choosy made what was popular and what was happening more impactful. Also, too, though, we we are kind of getting up there in age, too, man. Yeah, we I are. Mean, <laughs> absolutely. But it's, it it's just, just... is what it is. It's a, it's a matter of the transition of technology to, like, everything in your hand, right? It just makes you appreciate... You have to appreciate something different. Like, how did you get your music reviews? You had to read the source. Oh, you hit it on the head. And, that, and, and, that, and that's the thing, right? Like... Um, technology, as as much as I love technology, it changed the whole landscape. Again, like the shelf life of an album now is so much shorter because of technology, right? You go on social media, this person has an album dropping. You scroll down on Instagram, this person, they don't even have to put the video up. Like, where do we even watch videos now? That's like, what, what I mean. station do we even watch videos now, right? So what is even the point of doing a three-video rollout? There's no source magazine to tell us, you know, or even get us excited about how many mics there are, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, artists aren't doing things like with, nobody's buying CDs. It's all streams now. So, like, for instance, when Nas put out Nostradamus, remember those little 3D glasses? To yeah, watch yeah. the video? <laughs> little things like that. Like, you remember, like, um, Ilma- uh, Ilmatic. It was written, being able to read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Like little things like that we take for granted. We don't have that anymore, you know? So the whole rollout of an album, the excitement, the, the, the money invested in an album, street teams having, you know, album covers posted on, 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 on barbershop walls and doors and just all of that is gone. So it's, it's funny though, like, is it a better metric now? Because before your popularity was based off one, the quality and then also, like like you said, the street team, like the promotion that you did the hard way. Now you still promote through social media networks. It's not changed in that regard. You can spam it almost, put it on mailing lists and whatnot. So like one way or the other, people might see it if you pay enough to the algorithm to do it. But like, is there a, is the metric better now to see who, what really is good? Because before wait, you could wait, control, like before you could still control the industry, like put an album out against other albums that it'll get lost in the shuffle, you know, not promote it well and kind of blackball artists back then. Whereas now if you're hot, you're hot, whether you're good, it's different, but you can't necessarily be blackballed. If you Takeshi six, nine, like he found an audience and before he would, he probably Mm. wouldn't have, nobody probably would have touched him, right? He wouldn't have had that ability to reach. When you say metric, though, are you talking about streams? Record store bought. Was it what people actually had in their hands? Whereas now, it's like, no, people listen to this as many times. Like, that's people are just listening to Drake. It's, it's there. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but I still think that, you know, there's an asterisk beside a lot of the streams, too, because you've heard of artists buying streams. That's and- true, too. 
That's you know, true, amplifying true. their 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 value. And you take an artist like Takashi Six Nine, I cannot name two songs, and I'm being <laughs> modest because I can't even name one. Um, you know him more for his antics than his actual music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I at least I do, and you know, there's a lot of artists now that their personalities now are louder than their music, and you know, you'd take an artist like Fat Joe. He's more of a social media butterfly now. Yeah. You take an artist like Plies. I, I don't listen to Plies like that, but he's more of a social media personality. Lil Boosie, social media personality. Killer Mike, who dropped a crazy album, I heard. Um, I'm going to actually listen to that. You know him a lot for his social media and political endeavors with technology. So with Instagram. So it's it's hard to kind of gauge it because it's not really the music that um it's not the music alone that um is captivating. You know, I think NBA Youngboy is one of the most successful artists out right now and yeah. Maybe I'm out of touch, but I don't know any of his music. So like what we spoke on earlier with that whole cultural shift where everybody was in the know and everybody was on the same page and knew what was hot. I feel like everything now is in disarray. Like yeah. when I go to clubs, which is rare now, and they, they play that song that is supposedly the, the, the song of, the, of, of the, the moment, I'm lost. I'm like, oh, this is what's hot? This <laughs> is what everybody's? And I'm like, when did I miss this? So like, it's just, a, there's been a shift, bro. And it's, it's hard to keep up. And even artists like Kanye, like I love Kanye, but even his music, like, I, I'm not on it like that anymore. Like, are you still on Kanye like that? I have a, a there's a point where I don't follow his music anymore and have like a connection to it. But I also feel like, like, before, again, it's the way it's consumed, right? When mm -hmm. you, it, it, I really do think format changes our appreciation for media whether it's television whether it's cds like i like going to a record shop because there are record shops that are hip again like it is a boutique sort of way to listen to music but there's a lot of record shops in toronto so if you're an audiophile i'm like i sound very pretentious to say that i'm not but i do like uh -huh. collecting vinyl because um the the little bit of patience that you put into like throwing that record on and just letting it play and not feeling like change the song. It's like no, let it play, flip it. That's how we're gonna listen to it. And you you listen to it during dinner. You got the album artwork. It's it's like a it just changes. Exactly right. You you More look personal. At, yeah. And there was that personal thing where these were my CDs for better or for worse. Like if I didn't like that album, I still had to buy it. So I'm listening to it. I'm gonna like we you know too short album. <laughs> oh. Was it still uh, still can't change the? Oh, it wasn't good, man. It wasn't good. We lied. We lied and tried. What did it get? Ford mics in the source? Yeah, I got way too many. Can't mics. change the game or. Remember like, we tried oh, to convince ourselves oh. we like Nostradamus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did a lot of lying. Which Holy which, which was the album you convinced yourself you liked? That you knew, like, uh, I can't admit it, but I, I'm gonna. <sighs> oh man, there's a handful of them. Um, it wasn't horrible. 
It wasn't horrible, but I gave. You might disagree with this. Shine. Like it wasn't horrible, but I tried to make it work a little more than it did for me. <laughs> it just wasn't no bueno. It wasn't it wasn't what I wanted it to be, bro. The Shine album wasn't that great. Um what what you got? What do you what do you have? I'll, I'll think of some more. The Shine album wasn't that good. Uh, you know La Bella Mafia. Lil' Kim, it was not a four and a half micer. You know which album I think I tried to say was better than it was? Because it had a lot of highlights. Like, it had a lot of highlights. But there were part like, Joe Budden's first album, I, I tried to really oh, yes. like that album. It was yeah. good, though. It was good, but it wasn't... There were, like, some fumbles that I tried to act that they weren't. I don't remember much of that album at this point anymore. Like, I remember, like, maybe four or five songs, but... Yeah, I, I I think I only remember the four or five songs for that same reason because the rest of the album just wasn't as memorable as as, yeah. as in that moment, you know. Tried there were a lot of me. in yeah, there were a lot of in that moment type albums where it's like Sauce Money. Okay, yeah, middle finger you. Uh, I love <laughs> Sauce Money, but man, it mm -mm. No. it wasn't it. It wasn't, wasn't it. It just I wasn't. Tried. It wasn't it. I thought I. Oh, did we get gave it a chance? We listened to it a lot. We're the we only gave it a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what, bro? For all seasons. I can't find that album anywhere now. I desperately want to listen to it. I can only find it on YouTube. No sh platform has it. Only Wild Gremlins album, which got I think two and a half mics. But oh, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Yo, um, I gotta wake up four o'clock in the morning so i'm gonna wrap this up already this, i was I just know. getting started no i'm messing with you man but but i want us to do this again sooner than later because this is dope yes um let's 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 plan something in and 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 do a a follow-up because there's a lot of things that we didn't touch on that i definitely want to hit on yeah and we'll, we'll definitely make a list of those things and we'll get to them all right yeah, for sure Thank you, my brother. I love seeing you. you. I love you, talking to you. you. And yeah, let's keep this. Let's keep this going. Let's do this thing. Yes, Thank sir. you, everybody, for listening. Uh, rate and view the show, whatever plot, podcast platform you listen on. Um, Apple, Spotify, Podbean, whatever it could be. It helps me know what you guys like. Gets the word out there. Makes the robot like us, right? We want to get part of the algorithm. Um, robot. I know. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it does help. So thank you, everybody, for listening, rate and reviewing the show. As Bandcamp, check it out. Album is Monday. You can hear the two of us go back and forth. You'll be pleasantly surprised at how dope it is. That's all I'm going to say. I agree. I That's agree. Peace, one peace. love, my brother. One all love, right. one love. All right, peace. drowning in your shallow thoughts. We hear scuba diving in the deep. I got a sunray fetish, so I'm runway headed. My fam all fed, cause my Monday's blessed. Y'all say it's mundane, I say it's all perspective. My weekend rest help prep my resurrection. Yes, that's my Monday, rise and shine. Channel locks in the pocket, how I provide. I supply home, cold facts and hot flows. Water your seas, let them see all the potholes. On a rise, save auxiliary stacks and backup bands. Cause life throws a wrench in your plans. Yo, has. Our denim different, but the brand remains. Hip hop in our jeans. The